We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply of MMQB. He joins us every single hump day on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, the legendary Albert Breer. Albert, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Nick. How you doing? We're doing all right, man. Um, I I, I feel like at points I've, I've gotten to dark places this week because the Browns are eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so I'm curious. Where I, – because I know internally here in Cleveland where we're placing blame where fans are placing blame from the yeah. outsider perspective, where are people around the NFL placing the blame for another disappointing Brown season? Yeah, I think with the, I would say the bigger question is what becomes of the Deshaun Watson trade long-term, you know, and, and kind of um, what we've seen over the last few weeks means long-term and whether or not you can just chalk it up to, um, him being rusty and, you know, him having been out of football for two years or is there a larger problem here? And I, I, I tend to think like, you know, Deshaun's going to be okay. Um, and, you know, I think he just needs the reps and he needs to kind of, you know, get back into the groove of being an NFL quarterback. And that was always going to take time. Um, you know, but I, I think most of the focus nationally is probably on the quarterback. I don't know that, you know, Kevin Stefanski is in any sort of trouble. Um, you know, but I, I certainly think the other piece of this is, the you know, the, the, where, where, where his coaching staff stands and where that piece of all of this goes next, you know. And so, um, I mean, look, like, you know, there are two levels to this every year. And, you know, I, I know when you're hyper-focused on one team, the way people, you know, who, who root for one team are, you know, you don't like really see this, but you know, in a lot of cases nationally, the way I look at it is there's two levels to there being changes in their organization. And, you know, it's either, you know, a total leadership change, whether it's the head coach, the GM or both, or there's tweaking that needs to go on. And there are a lot of teams that fall into both categories every year. And I would say the, the Browns are probably right now more in the latter category, at least perception wise, uh, that they need tweaking, not the complete overhaul yet. All right, Albert. This brings me to Paul D. Podesta. Can yeah. you can you tell me what Paul D. Podesta does? <laughs> it's an interesting question. Um, I would say 
you know, I, I think the best way to put it, like, is he he creates guardrails in the organization. And, um, you know, I I know over the years, and he's been there now. I mean, God, it's like, what, been nine years now? Is that right? No, seven years? I think Time's a flat years, circle. Right? <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's seven years. So, I, you know, I, I think um, one of the main things that Paul DiVodesta does is he creates guardrails for the organization. And he... Um, you know, he kind of, I, I think, establishes, you know, what is within the boundaries and what's outside of the boundaries. And, you know, I, I think that goes for everything from personnel decisions to game management. And I know, like, when, you know, guys have come through there to interview for that job over the years, you know, one of the main questions they usually have is what's the involvement of, of, of Paul DePodest? And in a lot of cases, they'll balk at the idea of him, like, say, being on the headsets on Sunday, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, I, I think it's sort of a an ownership initiative that they were going to be really involved with analytics, and that was, you know, so going back to when they hired Sashi Brown and, and when they elevated Sashi Brown to to run the football operation in 2016. You know, and obviously, you know, I think Paul DePodesta has been sort of part and parcel to that um, to that vision all along. Why? Why specifically Paul D. Podesta? Like, because I because I, we look at his overall record, and I think he's yeah. lost twice as Not many great. games as they've won. <laughs> yeah. So, what special hold does Paul D. Podesta have? You know, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like sometimes you have these guys in organizations that always have a way of surviving. You know, and I know, like a lot of times, like that's what frustrates like the football people. You know, the more traditional scouts, the coaches with some of these guys who work in that area, you know, is that you know, they always have a way of not being really responsible for wins and losses, you know? And so like this can go wrong or that can go wrong. And, you know, magically it's like, because they didn't listen to that person, you know, like, um, and, you know, whereas like a general manager or a coach, you know, his name is on everything a team does. And so three, four years in, like, you know, and if not sooner, you're going to get an assessment on that guy based on what's happened with the team and the win-loss record primarily. Um, you know, I, I do think because of the way things worked there over DePodesta's first few years, he was able to sort of not be held responsible for a lot of things that happened within their organization. And You know, if you look at it, like, for a long time, um, Jimmy Haslam had a way of sort of splitting it, right, like where it was like, okay – we're going to have the analytics guy over here and we're going to have the football guy over here. And then we'll have more numbers over here. and We'll have more traditional football over here. And this is the way it's going to work. And if you look like you can see it, like you go back and you, you say, okay, like in 16, they elevated Sashi Brown, which was, you know, quote unquote, an analytics move. Right. But then they brought in a traditional football coach in Hugh Jackson, you know, then, you know, a few years after that, they, you know, they go to John Dorsey, and John Dorsey's kind of like, all right, we're going to get back in traditional scouting. And John Dorsey winds up um, keeping Freddie Kitchens as the head coach. And that was like, okay, like now they're going to be more of a traditional football setup. Well, in that setup, Paul D. Podesta was sort of seen as the guy who was on an island, you know, holding on to that vision a little bit. Um, you know, this regime, this current regime with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, at least from a perception standpoint, is the only one that's been sort of all in on the deep Podesta idea, you know? And so like, I think this, this is probably where the rubber meets the road to some degree for Paul deep Podesta, where maybe he will actually be held responsible for wins and losses, but because of the way 
it had been set up through the years, like Paul DiPodesta was always able to kind of be there as a guy who like sort of made, made suggestions and gave people ideas and gave people numbers, but was never responsible for the win-loss record. Whereas now I feel like with, you know, Barry and with, you know, with Stavansky and I, I look like, I don't think it's fair that we like really refer to those guys as analytics guys either. Cause I think if you look at Andrew Barry's background and Stefanski's background, they have a lot of traditional football in there too, but at least from a perception standpoint, now you look at it and you say, those guys are a little bit more in with Deep Odessa's vision than some of the guys that were there previously running the show. So just kind of thinking out loud, and I, I know Paul yeah. got a, uh, a contract extension a year ago or two years ago, but do you think there is a scenario in which Paul's role is de-emphasized and maybe Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski are given, I would say, more power but more yeah. control? I, 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 I'd say it's hard because I just think – Look, like everybody's history precedes them, right? And so I do think like to some degree, um, you know, when there's a guy in the organization who's had power before, like the Eagles ran into this with Howie Roseman, right? When there's a guy in the organization who's had power before, who clearly has the owner's ear, even if you take that power away, that guy's sort of lurking in the background, you know, when you're letting other people make decisions. And I, and I do feel like if they were going to, try to distance themselves from what Paul DePodesta does and, you know, the, 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 the consulting that Paul DePodesta has given them, um, then I think it would make more sense just to get them out of the building altogether, to be honest with you, just because I like, I just don't, I, I understand where it's like, you still want him as a resource there, but maybe not like having a hammer. It's really hard to pull that off after the guys already had power. Um, and again, I think like the situation in Philadelphia, um, you know, with Chip Kelly and Howie Roseman is probably the best example of it, where the owner loved Howie and Howie's done a great job. Like, so the owner did the right thing in holding on to Howie, but like by keeping Howie in the building and then empowering Chip Kelly, you know, he sort of undermined Chip Kelly because Howie's still there and Howie feels like he's had his, you know, what chopped off. And, you know, like, so he's, you know, obviously motivated to tell the owner where chip's going wrong and it made for an awkward situation. And so I do think like keeping a guy who's once had power and who clearly has the owner's ear, um, even if you try to strip him of power can create really awkward, awkward um, situations across your football operation that you really don't want. Albert, let's, let's go to the miles situation. Miles getting benched for a series against the Saints, he's been really up and down this year. You know, there was the yeah. car accident. I mean, even in his tone, there, there are times where he seems to throw people under the bus. And then, uh, like two weeks ago, he came out and had this passionate defense of, of Joe Woods, a guy that we all know he wants fired. I just, is there a sense that Miles is getting impatient with things in Cleveland? I, You know, maybe. I, I, I think, like, one of the things with him, like you've empowered him by giving him the contract, right? Like once a guy has a contract, like he has, um, if a guy wants to say something, if a guy wants to, um, if, if, if a guy wants to, you know, like take his foot off the gas, he can't, you know, and that's part of the whole deal. And so, you know, I think that's why in a lot of cases you'll see like those guys involved in big picture decision-making, like when, you bring a quarterback in to sit in and, and, you know, head coach interviews or office coordinator interviews. That's why you do it because you know, the guy's got the power anyway. 
And so, like, you know, like you want him to be bought into whatever you're trying to do. And so I think it's like one of those, like where, you know, with Miles, if he's not being used the way he thinks he should be used or, um, you know, the defense isn't playing to his potential and he wants to voice it, he can voice it because he's got the leverage of having that contract and knowing, like, A, I've got money in the bank, and B, if they were ever to let me go, I would have an enormous market, you know? So I, I just think it's sort of one of those sorts of situations where when things aren't going well around him, he's got the power to say it. And I think anybody who's been around Miles knows he's a little bit of a free spirit. So, you know, sometimes he is, you know, there are going to be occasions where he is going to let loose that way. I know you already said Gerard Mayo on your halftime uh, Twitter live. Like that. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, I, I loved that. Uh, any other names we should watch out for if the Browns do make a, a move at defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think Gerard would be good because Gerard has already done a lot of the things that go into being a defensive coordinator. Like he runs the meetings. He doesn't call it on Sundays, um, but he runs the meetings. He is, you know, a huge piece of game planning. Um, and he played in the league, you know, so he'd have instant respect from everybody. And I do think, like, Cleveland's in sort of a unique spot with him where I, I'd put it this way on Gerard. Like, I think he'll go – I think he w- would want to go be a defensive coordinator somewhere if he's not a head coach in this uh, – during the he doesn't become a head coach through this cycle. Um, but I don't think he wants to move his family twice to become a head coach. So I think he wants to be somewhere close enough to New England where commuting would be doable. And Cleveland is that. Cleveland's close enough where he could – like to some degree commute. Um, so like, I think, you know, like that, that, that's a fortunate circumstance for the Browns. And I do think like having somebody like him, who's creative, who's smart, who succeeded at just about everything he's tried to do, um, you know, would be good. Like outside of him, you know, I think you could dig into like the staffs, like in Philadelphia, you know, Jonathan Gannon's done a fantastic job. Cleveland native has done a fantastic job there. Can you find somebody on his staff? Um, you know, D'Amico Ryans, obviously in San Francisco. Now they've gone through two coordinators, you know, and Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans who've upheld a high standard there. Like, so San Francisco would be another team where you could go and look and see if there's somebody on that staff. Um, I don't have like an obvious name other than Gerard, but I do think there, there, there'd be guys out there on those staffs that, that would be worth taking a look at. Albert, uh, since we only have you for a few more minutes here, I did want to look around the NFL. Um, are the Raiders making the right decision here with Derek Carr benching him for the rest of the season, clearing the decks to potentially move him this off season? I think they are because I, I just think, you know, you look at where they, where they were um, when Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler got there. Um, you know, really, I think that they were sort of in this like weird spot where it was like they were in the playoffs last year but there were some clear holes in their roster. And the question was, could they coach around and play around the holes? And I think it's pretty clear that to some degree, at least they misjudged the roster in thinking like, okay, like we're going to go out and be able to play great offense. We can mask some of the issues we have in the offensive line. And then all we'll need on defense is to be able to cover and rush. And they have obviously the two guys to rush in Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Um, you know, I think the the issues they've had on the offensive line, the issues they've had up the middle on defense have prevented any of that from coming to life. So, you know, I think now what you're looking at is where, I, like, the idea with Derek Carr was, like, let, let's, let's hope that we can be happy with him for four or five years. And 
like that'll give us some runway to find the next guy. And maybe we find that next guy after two years. Maybe we find him after four. But either way, we give ourselves flexibility. It's the Alex Smith in Kansas City model. And I think like the availability of Jimmy Garoppolo really hurts Derek Carr here in that like now they can look at the, the Raiders could do that contract and they could say, okay, we'll give him a year. And then after a year, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available, who Josh McDaniels has background with. And we can make a conscious decision on whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is a better long-term stopgap than Derek Carr is. And, oh, by the way, Tom Brady is going to be available, too, if we think we're close. And so I think that's sort of the way the Raiders played this. And I just don't think Derek Carr played well enough to head that off. You know, I think it was sort of where it was like a 17-game trial, where it's, we'll see if Derek Carr can play well enough where we're not going to want to go after either of those guys. And I just don't think he's played at the level he, he needed to, 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 to fight off the, the, the temptation there for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler to go and bring in a quarterback that they have familiarity with from New England. Albert, we've got about uh, 75 seconds. Where does yeah. Baker Mayfield play in 2023 and where does Sean Payton coach in 2023? I think there's a good chance Sean Payton's back in the booth of Fox. Um, you know, I, I I'd say the the one caveat is Denver could like just drive a prank Brinks truck, you know, into his house, and um, you know, I the Walton family obviously has the financial wherewithal to do whatever they want, you know. So I I, I think Denver could do that. I, that said, I I still have a hard time seeing him wrapping his head around the idea of working with Russell Wilson in Denver or tying his future to you know the ownership in Arizona the quarterback in Arizona and it doesn't look like the charger job is coming open. So, you know, absent him going back to new Orleans, which I think is possible. I, I, I think that the, there's a decent chance that he winds up back in the boot or back in the, in the studio with Fox next year. Um, as for Baker Mayfield, I, I think he's sort of set himself up now where he can be somebody else's stopgap. The same way I just talked about Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo being that guy. And, you know, I think, like his ability to adapt to the scheme um, in short order in Los Angeles, it, it tells you sort of what you need to know on Baker Mayfield, which I think we learned in 2022 when he was playing for Cleveland, which is when a lot of things are right around him. And when he's getting coached the right way, like you can definitely, you, you, you can definitely win with him. You know, now you're not going to win because of him maybe, but you can win with him. And so I, I think he's probably back in Los Angeles next year. And they pro- and I think they, they, the way they look at him is he's our first swing at eventually replacing Matthew Stafford. But I certainly could see a team that's like planning to draft a quarterback, like say like a Houston, and it says, well, like let's bring in Baker Mayfield to be our starter for now until the rookie's ready. I think that's probably the next step in his career. Albert, great stuff, buddy. We appreciate everything. You gave us a lot to react to. You basically uh, figured out the rest of the show for us. We appreciate it. <laughs> Happy New Year, man. Thanks so much. Hey, go Bucks! Go Bucks! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.